What's up, guys? I want to start today off talking about the mission called the Great Commission. Yeah, man. I do want to go ahead and talk to you beforehand and say, if you've noticed me wearing a hat, there is a reason uh, for anybody who uh, Bible thumps and gets in there and has a verse where it says that a man should not prophesy with his head covered. And you might have some religion uh, in your background uh, to where that might not be proper etiquette. I would suggest that you take a little bit of time to get into the original Greek and uh, see what it means uh, for yourself. And you'll see that you're not supposed to be cutting hats off of your head. It has a lot more to do with hair, but I don't want to cause any offense to anyone. So if there has been an offense, understand I'm very aware of the verse and I do understand its original translation and know that uh, everything is good. God loves us and we're good to go. I want to start off with prayer. Dear Gracious Land, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for the opportunity to get into your word. Lord, I'm asking that you speak to me and speak through me. Lord, uh, open up eyes and open up ears to receive your message today. Lord, if there's anything that's in us that's not of you, we ask that it be removed and that you just continue to bless us as we lean into the word of God today. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Let's get it. What are we talking about today? The Great Commission. I'm going to start with Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came up and said to them, speaking to the disciples, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He's talking about all power and the absolute rule, creator of the cosmos. All authority has been given to Jesus Christ. Go. Big word. Big meaning. Go. Therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Help them. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. Help them. Help these people to learn the word of God, believe in Jesus, and to obey his word. That's what he means by making disciples. So here we go. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you, and lo, I will be with you until the very end of age. That means regardless of circumstance, regardless of what you're going to go through, he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He has good plans to prosper you. He is just looking to bless you as you walk in relationship with him. I want to give you some edification today out of scripture. Second Peter 1 3 says his divine power has given us everything that we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. This message might not be the type of message that your itchy ears want to hear, but it's going to be full of the true unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ. There's going to be verses that are going to stick out to you that you're going to need to really look into and to understand because this is something that you're going to have to look at with your relationship with Jesus Christ and ask if you are participating in the good news in the gospel, are you going out and doing the work of an evangelist? Are you going to spread the good news in the gospel baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? Are you spreading the gospel to all nations? You died to self. You lived through Christ. Anyone in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Deny yourself daily. Pick up your cross and follow God. To do what? Love one another, but to go spread the good news in the gospel. 
People aren't going to understand this gospel if it's not preached to them. Even more so if it's preached to them and it's not seen through actions. Oh, it can be misconstrued. You have to be a representative of love through action and in truth. We don't just speak it, we walk it out. I want you to turn to Matthew 19, 29. I'll give you a couple of seconds to do it. Glory to God. We love you and we thank you today for this message, Lord. Matthew 19, 20, or excuse me, Matthew 19, 29. It says, and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother, mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive as hundred times as much. I believe in this life and in the next life will inherit eternal life. Matthew 9, 35 through 38 says, Jesus went through all of the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. I want you to pay attention to the part of harassed and helpless like a sheep without a shepherd. We have the understanding of being built on the finished works of Jesus Christ. There's so many people that have heard about Christ, but haven't seen the proper example of what it looks like to, to walk as an ambassador. They haven't seen what a true Christian looks like. And so therefore in this day, excuse me, in this day and age, there are so many people. If you just turn on the TV, if you walk outside, you look around, it doesn't take long to see that there are people that are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. My question for you today is, have you ever stepped out of your comfort zone to share the good news and the gospel with anybody? Have you denied yourself daily, picked up your cross and walked out into this world and just stopped doing what you were doing and, 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 and what you wanted to do for long enough to pursue the gospel, to see it life just come into another person and transform them. Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, the life, none come to the Father except through him. Are you walking in the Great Commission? It wasn't too long ago. I want you to understand for a second. The whole way that FTP even came into existence was one man that I came in contact with named Aaron Cartier that was following the mission of the Great Commission to spread the good news and the gospel, baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to go and spread the good news of the gospel. He was church planting. I had a CD that was at Town Center Mall in Kennesaw, Georgia. And it was a it was a Christian hip hop album that was there to glorify God, to reach as many people as as it could. And let me tell you, it was on fire. If, if it would have been on heat seekers, if they would have had a Simon Nelson sound scan, I would have probably been in the top 100 in the nation for how often these CDs were going off the shelves. These CDs didn't have uh, a, a great appearance. It was just a piece of plastic with a CD on the inside. And I think I hand signed some of them, if I'm being honest again. CDs that you would typically see that would be sold in a, in a store. The individuals that were pushing it, I told them, I said, I don't want to compete with a, uh, with a set price. What I want you to do is I want you to ask for donations and see what happens. 
Well, as soon as they stopped asking for a price and they decided to ask for donations, those things couldn't stay on the shelf. During this process, I was there to re-up, to check on the booth, to see how the guys were doing. And there was a gentleman standing there that was just this, I'm going to just say a beautiful man in the spirit of God with this smile from ear to ear that just changed my life. Even looking at him, he just seemed different. I could see the spirit of God in him. He had the headphones on and he's listening to my music. And then the, the, the guys at the uh, kiosk said, you know, this is, this is the guy that you're listening to. And he stopped and he prayed with me. And he began to tell me about Jesus. And I asked him, what does he do for a living? And he said, I love on people. And I didn't understand what that meant. And I said, <laughs> I said, so really, what do you do? He said, we travel and we go to host homes. And if there's a place available, then we stay there. And if there's not, we'll sleep under a bridge if we have to. But we're just sold out for the good news and the gospel. And we want to just see it reach as many people as possible. I had read about apostles before. I had read about missionaries, but I had never met somebody quite like this man. And this man began to pray for me. And as he prayed for me, I felt something in my body like I just hadn't uh, in a long time. And I knew that it was the spirit of God. So I asked him after prayer, I said, next time you go out to another place, let me know where you're going. And I might come out there and meet with you because I really want to understand what it is that you do. Not too long after I get a call from him and he's based out of Michigan and he says, we're going to California. <laughs> I live in Georgia. And at the time I didn't like planes too much. And he said, we're going to California. It's called Love LA 24-7 Worship and Evangelism. And, I, and he invited me to come out. I said, give me some time. I'll think on it, right? I'll think about it, man. I had to pray with my wife. I felt it from the Lord like it was, it was destined for me to go. And I got on that plane and I was so uncomfortable. My, my wife will tell you, I was so uncomfortable. I had my bags and I knew how long the flight was. And there was something about committing to 35,000 feet in the air to go to a place around people I didn't know, a place I'd never been to just give my life to God, just to give it to him. And to just go walk and be an ambassador of the good news and the gospel and to represent him in a way that I'd never done before. So outside of my comfort zone. That as I'm getting on the plane, I look at my wife and I said, if I feel uncomfortable when I sit down in this, in this seat, would you get off the plane with me? We had already paid a, a good amount of money to get on this plane and that was not refundable. She said, yes, baby, I will. I tell you by the glory of God, when I sat down in that seat, I had perfect peace. God just bestowed an understanding in my head. And now I just call it living on mission. And when you get outside of your comfort zone, you're outside of your fear in the context of the things that are trying to hold you back. It allows you to press forward. And when you press forward, you're moving into the good news and the gospel and you're going to represent him. And he gives you the Holy Spirit, which in some translations they call the great comforter. And let me tell you, son, there is a reason why. Because when you are called to follow Christ, you will step outside of your comfort zone and you will need the Holy Spirit as the great comforter to confide in him and have him intercede on your behalf so that when you're outside of your zone that you know that you're still at home with God and that he is blessing you during the process. When I went out there, 
I experienced what I would say looked like a hippie commune of a bunch of different individuals from de different denominations, uh, 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 de denominations I'd never actually heard of before. Uh, just, just all as a collective there to unify as the body of Christ in motion, to be a blessing to L.A. And they did, boy, 24-7 worship and evangelism. People out on the streets at all times just going and, and being a blessing to people. And then they always had worship going on. They were, they were baptizing people on certain days as well. I found myself out in the countryside at a skate park in the middle of the night down in a ditch where I couldn't see anything, talking to guys that were probably high smoking cigarettes, chilling out, cool kids, man, just, just willing to hear the good news of the gospel. I met a man that was outside of a gas station that gave his life to Christ that was going uh, uh, home to hurt a man uh, because of the relationship that he was in and him and his girl just broke up and we stopped him midway. God, glory to God, stopped him midway and he gave his life to God. That very second. Woo. There were so many things that I learned in that in that place. And I got to see the Holy Spirit uh, move through people in ways that I had never seen before. I had heard uh, 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 words of knowledge. <laughs> that was a new term to me. Uh, words of knowledge were given to me. Uh, a girl told me exactly what I was thinking and I never even looked at her. She had her back turned to me, told me exactly what was on my mind. Felt like some Professor Xavier, Professor X, something out of X-Men. Freaked me out, man. But I knew that it was the gospel and I knew that it was the Holy Spirit. And I knew that there was something more than just getting in the word and reading it for myself. There was something more about getting out and spreading the good news and the gospel. I realized that when it says in scripture a prophet doesn't receive a prophet's reward except in his own hometown and in his own family that when you get out there on the road some stuff starts happening and I'm here to tell you I, I wrote it down for you you don't have anything to worry about when you know that God is in control so we went on from California, we went to Tennessee, had some wild experiences there, went to Orlando, a man was trying to stab a man in the park, uh, I, I felt compelled to try to stop him, which we did through the Holy Spirit, uh, screamed out in Jesus' name, stop, as he was coming at me, trying to stab me, after he was trying to stab another man, and he stopped dead in his tracks, looked like uh, uh, just, just everything went out of his body. And he just dropped down and he said, I'm sorry. And then he expressed himself in the pain and the adversity that he had experienced through life. And we were just sitting there praying and the Holy Spirit anointing was just on that place. We met other people that were doing the same thing as we were there to do in that park in Orlando. And I'm just telling you, man, it's amazing when you get outside of your comfort zone and you follow Christ. I want you to listen to this verse, Matthew 6, 25 through 34. Let's go. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about the body or of what you will wear. It is, excuse me, is it not more, uh, is, is, is life not more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not reap or sow, nor do they have store, uh, stored away grain in barns. Uh, I'm paraphrasing. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more uh, uh, valuable than they are? Can any one of you, listen, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See if the flowers of the field grow, they do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. 
if this is how God clothes the field, excuse me, if this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow and is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you little of faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them, but seek his kingdom. Come on, lend me your ears. Lean into this. Seek his kingdom first and his righteousness and all. How much? All. How much? All things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. There's some of you that might say, you know, Elias, what you're saying sounds good. Elias, what you're saying sounds good, but I got, I got to take care of my family. I got cars. I got finances. I got bills. I got, I got little league. I got this, that, and the other. And I'm telling you, man, if you seek what? Now, I didn't make this up. I didn't make it up. It's right here in Matthew 6, 25 through 34. If you seek his kingdom first and his righteousness, everything that you're talking about is going to be added to you. You want to put the problem and the excuse before the faith that you can have in the will of God. You're limiting the will of God by putting all your excuses in front of him when you should just surrender them to him. You died to self to live for him anyways. Now, I know that some of you were in situations that you got yourself into before you got saved, but the road being paved to, to destruction is wide, but, the, 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 but narrow is the gate that leads to life and only few find it. What I'm telling you is if we die to self, we live through Christ, we're called to do the work of an evangelist, we're called to spread the good news and the gospel, we're called to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we're called to make disciples of all nations, but you have to be discipled before you you can create disciples. You have to go to a Bible-believing church that's going to show you how to walk, not just on milk and honey, but the meat and potatoes of what you need to succeed of not just what's inside of those four walls, but going out. Go, 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 go out and make disciples of all men of all nations. But what about my family? 1 Corinthians 7, 29 through 35. Listen to the word, not my opinion. But let me say this, dear brothers and sisters, the time that remains is very short. So from now on, those with wives should not focus only on their marriage. Those who weep or rejoice uh, or who buy things should not be absorbed by their weeping. In other translations, it says those that have wives, those that are married should live as if they're not married. We're not talking about uh, breaking up. We're not talking about divorce. We're talking about because the time is short, your focus should only be on spreading the good news in the gospel. There's people dying. There's people that need exactly what you have, exactly what you've been blessed with for you to go out and be a part of the harvest, to be a worker in the field, creating some 160, 30 fold return for the good news in the gospel. Those of you who use these things in the world should not become attached to them for the world as we know it will soon pass away. I want you to be free from the concerns of life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking of how to please him. But a married man has to think this is for you guys. This is for me. Okay. But the married, uh, the, uh, excuse me, let's go, let's go, let's go. Glory to God. 
His interests are divided, right? But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how it pleases his wife. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or who has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. It says here, I am saying this for your benefit. Not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever. What? I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. That's the NLT version. I would suggest, check out the King James, check out the ESV, uh, check out NIV, look at the amplified version. Go and just really sink your teeth into this. And, and those of you that aren't willing to, to step out of your comfort zone, Right? Those of you that are afraid to go, you don't feel like you got enough, you can still use what, what God has blessed you with. Uh, when, when God healed the lepers, uh, 10 of them went and, and they were praising, but only two, I believe, came back. What I'm saying is, even when Jesus said, be quiet, when these men were healed, they went on to speak the good news of what he had done. If you bring what little, the five loaves and two fishes that you got, and you bring them to Jesus, allow him to lift it up to heaven, bless it, and he'll apportion it enough to feed 5,000 plus the kids and the missus, man. Listen to what I'm saying. Don't put limits on God, but understand if we seek his kingdom first, all things are added to us. We're called to die to self. I've said it how many times in this message alone so that we can serve him. It's so amazing what happens 20 miles outside of the radius of your own home when you're outside of your comfort zone and you're there to just glorify God. I want to give you a, a couple of solutions if you're willing to hear it out. Uh, get into a church that has an outreach mission focused on creating disciples that are dedicated to spreading the good news and the gospel outside of the four walls of the church and into the local community and communities throughout the world. It's not just about being a bringer, but investing in those willing to go out and spread the gospel to all nations. Have you talked to your church leaders? Do you have missions going on? Are you funding people outside of your church to go spread the gospel? If so, good. If not, go yourself. If you, if you know that you've been in this, in this situation where you sit in the pew and you hear the news and you understand and you've been there for 10, 11, 12, so on years, maybe less, and you feel compelled and you know that there's something more than just attendance on Sunday, but there's something more that, that, that's in this beating heart that leads to eternal life and the salvation of the Lord that he's long-suffering, hoping that all come to repentance, that he's here to be a blessing to all of us. And how beautiful are the feet that give the good news of the gospel. How beautiful is it when we walk it out through action and in truth? You got to get behind something like that. My next solution. I hope you're with me. Let's go. Start small. Maybe that helps, right? Start small. Go to a place where you know people are in need and provide some resources to them. A little bit goes a long way. I'm talking about blessing bags. I'm talking about hygiene kits. I'm talking about socks and underwear. You'd be amazed how short people on the streets are. Our brothers and sisters that are in need. 
of vital resources such as underwear and socks. Some of these individuals haven't changed their socks in over a month. And I don't say this to say anything bad or to exploit my brother in his crisis. What I'm, I'm trying to do is bring aid and a thought process to your mind that you may have never thought about. Hygiene kits go a long way. Teeth hurt, man, when they're messed up. Trust me, I've been through it. When you got bad teeth and you don't have money, man, it's, it's hard to cure certain things. And I can tell you right now, the alcohol, when you swish it around in your mouth, it'll numb it long enough. Imagine people that don't have access to health care and don't have access to anything but a couple of dollars that they might splash some alcohol. And they might end up becoming a drunkard just because of the pain that's going on in their mouth. I'm just saying, guys. I'm just saying, hear my heart. Let's get out. Let's do the little things. Socks, underwear, coats. You got stuff that's stored in your closet. If you got two coats, you can give one. If you got a bunch of socks, you can give some. I'm telling you, man, it's crazy what you could do to help people. If you aren't going to go, fund someone who will so that you can partner in the harvest. Next, if you don't have money to fund someone, and you're not willing to go yourself, and you don't have goods to provide, go out, still, go out, and just offer prayer and a listening ear to some of these people that are in need. You would be surprised at how often you end up gaining more than them than what you are seeking to give. Most people need a hug. Most people in the streets need affection. They need to understand that they're a part of a collective. Most of these people haven't been touched in years. They're lacking affection and compassion. And I understand with COVID, the limitations and, and the things that we, we, we want to stay away from. And there's fear and there's anxiety. And we all know somebody just about probably now that's had uh, some sort of uh, bout with COVID. So we're restricted restricted and we're resistant to maybe close contact but I'm telling you man some of these individuals would love to have somebody to talk to them not just throw stuff in their face not just to go here like here here here's some stuff that we can help you with and then just going down the road you know pull over take some time pray your life isn't yours anyways don't be anxious or worried about anything you can't even add a single day to your life doing that and that's a simple thing, according to God. And we're living for the next life anyway. So what is it that we're concerned about? I want you to understand that the kingdom of heaven is void of an excuse. And the things that we have the ability to do here on earth will reflect in heaven because we, though we have passed from death to life, Jesus Christ is coming back with his angels and he's going to reward those for the things that they have done here on earth. We're going to be rewarded for what it is that we do. I believe that that reward is going to last with us for eternity. Now, to me, I just love the fact of getting to walk with Jesus, be where he's at, talk high talks, walk high walks, be an imitator of him, understand, be able to reach out and touch him, just walking in his love, his grace, and his mercy. Man, come on. How awesome is that? For eternity, we get to be a blessing. But I think there's going to be work in heaven, and I'm not going to get off onto that right now. But I'm just telling you, like, there's a blessing that comes with the stuff that we do here on earth. And the last thing that I want to do, and I hope it's the last thing that you want to do, is get to heaven and not die on E. 
not to have given everything that you got, not to take your time, talent, and resources and just bless as many people as you can to speak the gospel in and out of season, being able to just uh, do exactly what we're called to do, gently correct each other, help carry each other's burdens, look after widows and orphans in their affliction, keeping ourselves from being polluted from the world, walking in the full, inexpressible, unmeasurable fullness of Jesus Christ's joy that he placed on us, his perfect peace that he just radiates from heaven through the finished works of Jesus Christ that we can walk in so that we can be a blessing to people so that they can see us smile and see that his yoke is easy and his burdens light. Stop chasing after sin. There's nothing that's good for you with that. It all leads to death. The flesh counts for nothing, but the spirit lasts, bro. And it counts for everything. That Holy Spirit that's interceding on your behalf, God just being such a blessing and just perfect agape love, throwing our sins as far from east to west, casting out all of the bad stuff, laying it, sending his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But those that love him will do, uh, they'll keep his commandments by doing what? He said, this is my commandment that you love one another. How can we, uh, how can we just Say that we love God and not have compassion on others. How can we say that we love him and he tells us to go spread the good news and the gospel to all nations? And us not at least try to at least put some funding behind people that are going. At least try to evangelize to the people that we can. At least try to take our families and set the example to our children instead of making an excuse that we step out in faith and not operate in fear. And we say, my household is in order and Christ is first and everything else comes second. And I know that Jesus Christ didn't come to bring peace, but he came to bring a sword and my enemies will be in my own household. But outside of that, I don't, I don't love anybody more than I love Jesus. I'm not going to love my kids more you go read Luke lest you hate you can't follow me and it's such strong verbiage because God is not going to compete with anybody he wants your all and when you give him your all then he puts everything in order in the way that it should be and then you find fulfillment in the process of all of that then you can love your your wife properly in the position that God has said has 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 placed her in your life you can love your children in the proper position and place that he has placed them in your life but when you put them before God you're going to have turmoil and when you put your excuses before God at the altar you're going to have turmoil when you're walking outside of love and forgiveness you're going to have turmoil when you're walking outside of the will of Christ and you're not going but you're staying there's an issue We've been called to go. Spread the good news in the gospel. Go. Get outside of your comfort zone. Outside of your comfort zone. Go. Be a representative of love through action and in truth. I'm coming in heavy and I'm coming in hot, boy, because I'm obsessed with this. I'm sold out. And you should be too. I hope you take what has been spoken today and you walk in the fullness of the good news in the gospel. You walk in the fullness of insight, revelation, knowledge, and understanding that God is blessing you with. Oh, there's a power this side of heaven. God has given you everything that you need to walk in a life that is just edifying to him, that's perfect and pleasing in his sight. And through the Holy Spirit that he's blessed us with, we have the ability to walk out our calling, our mission and purpose. We have the ability to do what he has called us to do because we were predestined to be adopted into sonship, to be made righteous and blameless in his sight, prepared 
to do the good works that he has called for us to do before the foundations of the earth were laid. In closing, I want to pray. Dear Graciously and Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this message, Lord. We thank you that we're not just listening, but we're taking what was learned today and we're putting it into action. Lord, I'm thanking you right now that you're putting groups together that haven't ever met before. Lord, that you're just blessing people to reach out and, and, and make contact with people. Lord, walking in forgiveness, uh, care, generosity, and compassion, Lord, that you're uniting your body, you're freeing us of denominations, and you're getting us to the right root, Lord that we can all come together as a collective, lay our resources down at the foot of the cross, bless one another so that no one is in need and that we can just go out and spread the good news and the gospel. Lord, I thank you for hearts that are desiring you, Lord. I thank you this morning, Lord. I thank you tonight, Lord. I thank you tomorrow, Lord. We thank you and we come into agreement. We loosen anything that's not of you, Lord, that, that, that is stopping us from going out and spreading the gospel. And we bind anything that is not of you, Lord, and, and, and just to allow us to do the same, Lord. I don't want to get long-winded with this prayer in any way, shape, or form, but Lord, we just want the united body of Christ to come together as representatives of love through action and in truth to do what you have created us to do so that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we thank you, and we thank you for all of these things in Jesus' name, Lord. All of these things, blessing, healing, miracles, signs, wonders, everything that we need to equip the body of Christ is ours. We take it right now, Lord. In Jesus' precious and holy name, we declare it and we come into agreement without doubt. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' precious and holy name, amen.